scripture reading for today. Uh, We're going to go right back to where we left off last week. Jesus uh, gave the analogy in John 15 that he is the vine, we are the branches. And uh, we talked about our cell phone usage in that last week. But um, as I was preparing for the message for today, I felt the Lord just saying, come right back here. Come right back here uh, where we left off. And so in verse 7, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples And this brings great glory to my Father. It's not about our glory and the things that we want. It is about his glory and his will. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And now he goes on. He says, I've told you this. I said all of that so that you would be filled with my joy. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be filled and overflowing. But he says, yes, your joy will overflow. This is a commandment. Love each other in the same way that I loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide with the slaves. I love this verse. This is one of those you highlight it, underline Now you are my friends. Friends, God calls you friend. You are his friend. Since I've told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I've appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. We don't have a lot of rules at Freedom Church. We have one. It's this one right here. Love people. All right, love people. And so we're going to unpack that before we do. Go ahead and say hello to two or three people. Give them a fist bump, high five, hug. Say, I'm glad to see you. Meet two or three new people and say hello. I want to ask you a question as we're kicking things off. Um, on a scale of one to 10, it's going to kind of get tense here in a second, <laughs> but that's all right. We'll just jump right in. On a scale of one to 10, Um, How devoted would you say that you are to Jesus? This guy who we said in Jesus' name and from graves in the garden, we're banking everything on him. Um, One is like, you know, I don't don't know this guy. I'm not, I'm just kind of nothing at all. Ten, I'm like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs uh, for this Jesus guy. Where would you rate, and you don't have to, I'm not going to call out your number. This is just between you and God and yourself. Um, You know, if you're a two, if you're like, well, Mike, I'm a one or a two, I'm glad you're here. Like I'm, I, I am, I am not shaming anyone for saying, hey, I'm a one or a two. If you're a 10, you're, you're, you're probably lying. Like, we're, we're probably, we've probably got some work to do. Like, you're, you're, we're probably, I, 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 we, got, we got some room for growth. Here's what we say at Freedom Church, because this message today, we're sharing about um, the heart and mission of Freedom Church. I want to do a, a message today that just captures a little bit of the vision of who we are and why we do uh, what we do. And the way we say it at Freedom is we, ha- we want to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Because so often, 
I don't know what's the next step, like 10 steps down the road or whatever. I basically maybe know what's next, the next step, the next thing that God's calling me to do. And I would imagine you do too. Like if I were to pin you down and say, what do you think God's telling you to do? You may be like, I don't know, I don't know. But then I was like, no, no, just just one thing. Is there one thing recently that God's just saying, hey, I want you to do this. You probably are like, ah, I probably need to get in my Bible. That would be like the default answer or something like, oh, I need to go to church. Well, then do that. If that's the next thing, that's what I want. And what I'm trying to help people take the pressure off is like, we're just focusing on the next step. Go back to the scale again. If you're at a four or a five, you're like, Mike, I'm, I'm just kind of, that's where I feel like I'm at. Well, I'm not asking you to be a nine or a 10. My question for you today is if you're a four, what would it take for you to move to a five? If you're at a seven, what would it take for you to move it? We're all on a spiritual journey and we were all on this adventure and this process with, with this guy we call God, who we believe is Jesus Christ. And, and we're like, what does he want me to do next? And I, I believe that he has a next step for every single one of us in this room. So I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to take one step at a time. And I believe we all have a next step in that journey. I mean, when we try to meet people in Los Alamos, all right, you're going to find this. Um, to try to be kind of basic, um, this is overly simplistic, but you have people who are not spiritually interested in God at all. Church, God, Jesus, nothing. They want nothing to do with it. Absolutely no one, no how. And you know these people, all right? We are not good at reaching those people at, a church, at church, but quite honestly, I'm not necessarily really trying to because why? They're not interested at all. They want no faith conversation or anything. Okay. But then sometimes, somewhere in there, they become spiritually curious on this journey. They've gone from, I want nothing to do with God to, you know what? Hmm. Thinking about what is the purpose of life? What is, so maybe something's happening. Why would this happen? There, all of a sudden there's an opening. And I do feel like at Freedom Church, that's where we have a lot of great conversations with people, not only with people coming in when we invite them, but you guys have a lot of great conversations with people who are spiritually curious out there. Doesn't mean that they're following Jesus and they're a, a 10 on the scale, but I mean, they're just open. And, and we have found at Freedom Church that you are, create a very welcoming environment for people who are spiritually curious. And that's who we're trying to reach. That's who we're trying to reach. But then it doesn't stop there. People, we have seen 80 Plus, people respond to the gospel at Freedom Church in our five years here where people are like, hey, they've gone from spiritually curious to like, I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm trusting in him. I'm giving my life to him. And we celebrate that. Like, that's absolutely amazing. Blows my mind that that is what God has been doing in our midst. And then it's like, okay, well, it doesn't just stop there. I put my faith and trust in Jesus. There's usually a what's next after that. And yeah, we go from, learning more and being discipled and serving to all of a sudden on this spiritual journey, you find that you're helping other people in their faith journey. You're starting to, as the, the churchy word would be like, you're making disciples. <laughs> you're leading other people. And we're all different places on, on this scale, but it's all a different journey. Uh, today, I want to share with you three things, three things that I think will help us understand maybe where we are on this process where we are on this journey. And so you might get a better idea of like, hey, maybe here's where my next step is. 
all right, to kind of to break this down. And so each of these are three things that on my heart that I want for every single person that walks in our doors. When you walk into Freedom Church, I want everybody at some point to experience these things. And the first thing, the first step would be I want people to meet Jesus. All right. We're, we, we want people to meet Jesus because when people meet Jesus, lives change. You see it in scripture, but you see it, you know that in your own life. When I, when I went from doing and religion and stuff to actually I met like God just encountered me, you know, where Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And you had that moment and they experienced Jesus. Like things change, things change. So I want people when they come in here to meet Jesus, I want them to know him because Jesus says, now you are my friend. That, that is huge because it implies a relationship, a friendship, a, an intimacy, a getting to know. And so to me, that is when you meet Jesus, it, it transforms from religion to relationship. Now, how many of you as, as kids had like some type of like recurring nightmare growing up? Did you have one that just kind of kept coming? Does it still come? I don't know. All right, I'll, I'll share a little bit with mine. And please, no one come dressed like this for Halloween. I will freak out. Uh, mine was the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, green face and had the witch's hat on. And I would wake up at my, or I, the dream was me, uh, sleeping at my grandparents' house, I would, in the dream, wake up, and there she is, coming in the door, green face and all, saying, I'm gonna get you. And I'm like, I'm screaming, only nothing is coming out. It's that dream where you're like, ah, but just nothing, no one can hear, and she keeps inching closer, and I would, she, she freaks me out. So if anybody y'all come dressing in green, I might punch you in the face or throat punch or something. Like, I just can't, can't deal. I did watch Wicked, and that helped a little bit, but not much. Um, one of the scariest verses that I read in Scripture, like after I started really following Jesus, I met him. I'm like, okay, I'm going to dive in to my Bible. I'm actually going to read it. I want to learn who this guy is. I want to learn who God is. I want to read through this whole thing. And then I read this one, and it's, oh, oh man, it, it, it kind of tripped me up. Because it comes out of Matthew, Jesus is preaching, and he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Has anyone in here? Well, who cares about it? I've never, I've never cast out a demon. I've never performed miracles. I, like, not that I know of where I'm like, hey, you, you can't walk, stand up and walk. Like, I just haven't done any of that. I haven't done anything compared to what these people have done, and they're not making it in. That freaked me out. Because I'm like, I don't have that resume, and they're not making it in. What's going on here? Why are these people not making it in? And there's a clue. He, he, says, he says, I will reply, I never, say this word with me, I never knew you. See, I want people to meet Jesus because it is a friendship, a relationship. I never knew you. You did. You were doing and doing. And we would say, that's great stuff. But this, our, the God that we serve, 
He, there's things for us to do. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But that is not the, 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 the foundation of our relationship is not doing. It is grace. It is a relationship that we get to have with our Father. Jesus says, you are my friends. I want people, when they walk in, to understand who God is. He is their friend. And many of us, we ran from church because we felt that, that thing inside of us that said, nope, you want to be right with God, you got to do. You got to do this. You got to do this. We got to do this. And there was something inside of us that just felt empty on all of that because we knew, well, good, good, because that's not who God is. Starts, starts. The first step is meeting Jesus. Let's keep it simple. Jesus said, let's keep it simple. We're friends. Can you love each other? Can you just love each other? That's how people are going to see Jesus through you. Second thing is, I want people to find freedom. I want people to meet Jesus, and I, I want people, when they walk in our doors, to be able to find freedom. He says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. That your joy would overflow. God wants you to be happy, to have joy, to have peace in your life. Now, the circumstances may not line up that way. He's talking about something on the inside. He says, my joy, not your joy. My, if I'm following my joy, oh, I'm going to go after my, some fleshly lust and different things like that. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not, and we've talked about this before. You're not going to find joy in that. That's chasing carrots. You're never going to, it's chasing after the wind or trying to grasp the wind. You're never going to get happy that way. But if you go after my joy, the things of his kingdom, it's going to produce fruit and you will find that, that joy that will overflow. Some of us, our next step is here. Because we have met Jesus, but we are not filled with joy. We have a relationship with God, but we are not free. We are still in bondage. I would invite you to take a look at the last four or five weeks in our open house series that we've been going through, where we have basically said, here's an idol, relationships. Here's how the world does relationships. Here's how God says. Here's an idol, money. Here's how the world says, go do money. Here's how God says, go do money. We talked about uh, cynicism. And, and how many of us, we are so cynical, it is more comfortable than actually trying to, to live free. And we said, hey, let's kill our cynicism. Here's how the world goes. Here's how God says to attack that. Last week, we talked about our phone. Here's, here's how we use screen and devices and naturally how I go. We're anxious and we're stressed and we're worried and we're depressed and we're lonely. And God says, here's a better way. Here's a better way on how to deal with those, those vices, those addictions in our lives. Many of us have met Jesus, but we are not free. And I know for a lot of us, myself included sometimes, I'm like, hey, I just want to meet this Jesus guy. Can it just be me and Jesus? <laughs> like, I, I like Jesus. I have trouble with church. I have trouble with church people. I have been hurt. So just me and Jesus, right? Unfortunately, the answer for you is no. I mean, it can be for salvation, but you have to dismiss a lot of the, hey, love one another. That implies other people. That is not just you and Jesus. His command is love one another. You can't one another your way out of the, the New Testament. 
where everything, forgive one another, accept one another, love one another, serve one another. Like you, you just, you're going to have to rip out a lot of pages where they're saying, this is how you're going to live out, live out this life. Jesus, Jesus, the guy that I worship, the guy that I follow, the guy that I'm banking my eternity on, had some things to say about the church. One of the main things he said comes right out of Matthew 16 when he, in, when he installed this thing, when he started this thing. He's talking with Peter, one of his best friends, one of the disciples. And he says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build whose church? My church, not Mike's church. Jesus is saying, it's my church. This is my thing. Upon, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Listen, and you've probably experienced too, if you've had church hurt, some of the worst moments, maybe even some of the worst people that you have encountered have been church people. People who have claimed to follow Christ. And so that hurts. I'm not dismissing the hurt. And it makes us like, I never want to go there again. I get that. At the same time, some of the best people on planet Earth that I have ever met, some of the most generous, some of the most kind, are those people, church people. I understand church hurt is real. But I also know church help is also real. There is healing to be found in the church. And it's this thing that Jesus said is his church. He says, this is my church. This is my tool. Nothing's going to stop it. I'm starting this thing. These are my people. These are my friends. I cannot say I want to follow Jesus and give him everything I have and say, I'll follow you, whatever you do, but not this thing that you said is your primary vehicle for being a light to the world. I, I met Jesus, but some of us are not free. One of my, one of the verses that I hate the most in scripture if I were to like be able to erase one, and I do not, I, I believe the Bible is God's worth, word all the way through, but this is the one that I'm like, oh, it comes out of James. James chapter five says, confess your sins to, oh, no, no, no. Can I just confess to God? Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be, what? Healed. <sighs> I hate that verse. I hate that verse. That's not fun. You go to God for forgiveness. You want to find healing? You're going to have to find someone to talk to. Some of you, your next step is finding freedom. You need other people. You need community. You, one and others are everywhere around. So I want people to find freedom. I want people to find healing. And I, and I recognize, I recognize my own skepticism. 
<laughs> I'm the pastor of a church, and yet I'm still very skeptical of the church because of my church hurt. But I've also found in my trauma that I have to deal with in my own hurts, the pathway to healing is generally through the thing that I found hurt from. And it's why I love Freedom Church, because I have found so much healing through church and church people. We're not perfect. Oh, by the way, we are not perfect. I will say something that is going to hurt you and wound you. But the thing that we have done different here at Freedom Church for large part has been like, hey, I'm here with you to work through it and get better. Versus what I'm used to is like, out. Next church. All right, we want to work together. Freedom, freedom will come through uh, other people. Here's what you're going to find out if you do confess. I want, this is important. This is important. I don't want to confess anything because it's embarrassing. Very ashamed. People are going to know my business. I've been hurt because I've, I've opened up and shared and then someone wounded me. Like there's a total risk in that. But more times than not, I'm not saying go blare all your stuff to your connect group tonight. I'm just saying, can you find one or two? Somebody who you can share and, 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 and deal with some of this stuff. And what most likely you're going to find is if you were to open up and share and say, this is my struggle or this is where I'm addicted or this is it. You're going to find someone who says, you too? As a pastor, I'm not going to out anybody by gosh, but I get to hear different stories. Okay. And there's confidentiality within those stories. But sometimes I'm here and I get this view and it blows my mind that you are sitting in the same row as someone who's struggling with the same thing. When, when you start to open up and share, I hope people will find a place that is welcoming and says, you know what, I got, I got that I've been there before. I've been down that road or I'm struggling to myself to say you're not alone. I won't confess because I feel like I'm alone. I'm the only one only to find out, you know what? 95% of the people in the room struggle with their phone just like me. <laughs> people want a church where you can be real, where you can be authentic and be you. The third thing I want, third step, third thing I want for people after they find freedom is to discover purpose. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. Somebody needs to hear that today. That's your word from God today. Whatever you came in here with, whatever you felt like you're struggling, I'm so ashamed. I've, what I said last night or what I did this last week, the struggle, my addiction, I'm never going to confess that. That thing's going to the grave with me. And Jesus looks at you today. He knows. I don't know. I don't need to know. I really don't want to know in some cases. But at the same time, like Jesus knows. And he says, you are my friend and I chose you. I picked you, not last. I picked you. I appointed you. I have called you. Like there is something to be done to go and produce lasting fruit. And God sees you in your lowest moment where you are so ashamed or so struggling. And I want you to hear how much God loves you 
and cares for you. And yes, he knows. And it's not three strikes and you're out. He is here calling you and drawing you in by his love, his grace, and his mercy. You are my friend. I've appointed you and I've called you. Go and produce lasting fruit. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 12. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. It keeps showing up. Why does it keep showing up? This one another, this each other stuff. Because it's, you just can't do life alone. And God, if you've met Jesus, if you have a relationship with him, you're a follower of him, then he has supernaturally gifted you with something. So when you encourage somebody and you give some encouragement, anybody can give encouragement. But when you give encouragement, man, God speaks right to people's souls in those moments. Some of you, you have a gift of discernment. Like you can just meet someone, but something within, inside you kind of knows what's going on. You can read the situation and read spiritually and kind of help people out. Like you have different gifts. And he says, they're not for you. You have been given a gift to help each other. So going back to this whole church business thing that Jesus said, this is my church. This is my tool, my instrument that I'm going to use to go and reach the world. This thing, my church. When they get together, apparently I have something that you need. And apparently you have something that I need. He has gifted each one of us to help one another. So you do have purpose here. You do have a, a calling. It's an appointment to where you're like, I have this, but I don't know what to do with it. Well, you're going to find out once you start using it that that was meant to meet somebody else's need. You're going to discover your purpose. I want you to, I want you to discover your purpose. And when we are all using our gifts to help each other and we're finding this healing and we're discovering our purpose and we're on this mission and we're united together, you're going to see, you're going to see miracles happen. You're going to see fruit, lives being changed. You want some low-hanging fruit here at Freedom Church? I want to produce fruit in my life, Mike. Great, me too. I want to produce fruit that, that lasts beyond just the temporary highs and the dopamine hits that we get. I want something that's going to last for eternity. You want some low-hanging fruit to just kind of get you started. Join a ministry team. It is super simple to come in here and serve in a variety of different capacities. I love that the Clark kids were in here this morning putting out those little welcome cards and, and the, the little Easter cards on each table. Like, it doesn't matter your age. There is something to be done in just even being able to welcome people and say hello. What, what we do here on Sunday mornings, I believe, I really fully believe that God shows up and he speaks every single week. And he may not speak into my life every single week, but I've had enough times where I've come in a year and I've, I'm serving and I'm doing different things and I'm doing my best to, to, to use my gifts. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he speaks and he shows me what my next step is. And I believe he's done that for you and I believe he's done that for other people. So as a team, we serve in a variety of different capacities. When you are serving here, God is moving 
And I don't want us to miss that. I don't want you to miss that. If you invite somebody, if you invite somebody to come to Easter and they say yes, you have the invite card, you have it, and they're like, hey, I'd like to invite you to come. And they say, yeah, I'll come. You just hey, come sit with me. But at the same time, if they come, I guarantee you, you're going to have like your sensors are going to be like, oh, man. I hope the bathroom's clean today. Uh, I hope they have cool people in the parking lot. I hope the, the band is awesome today. I hope the sermon doesn't suck. Like, you're gonna, like, you're gonna start thinking about what are they gonna experience here? And that's okay, because that's what I think about a lot. What environments matter? People will decide whether or not they're gonna even listen to the message or if they're ever going to come back, probably within the first 60 seconds of entering a church building. I'm coming to that place. I mean, they may, they may suffer through it, but they're like, I'm never going back there again. You may not serve officially on the first impressions team. You're like, I'm, I don't serve on the first impressions team. I'm not a social person. I'm not, I don't really do that. Do you know, you want to know something? A little secret? 100% of us in this room are serving on the first impressions team this morning. Like you, you determine whether or not this is a, a cold, stingy environment. I mean, it's cold because we don't have heat here. <laughs> you make this the most welcoming place and community in Los Alamos. We all, and you may be like, Mike, this is my first time here. How do I serve on the First Impressions team? It, you, you get to go meet people and say hello to people, or you can just sit there and not talk to anyone and expect people to come, come to you. Like, we get to set the tone in the environment. Not just on the First Impressions team, but set up, tear down. If you're here and you want to tear down, well, here's what we do, because I, I want people to build strong relationships. So our teardown team, our win, the win for the teardown team, is to see people staying after church, having conversations, and building community. Those, the people who serve on that week, when it's their week to tear down, and we're gonna load the trailer till about one or 1.30, we say, do not start picking up any chairs or any equipment for at least 10 to 15 minutes after we, we done. We just say, hey, just go and talk to people. 10, 15 minutes, go. Because as soon as the first chair goes up, subconsciously, everybody in the room's like, oh, gotta get out. And I, I don't want that. I want people to build relationships and build community. But they will, at the 10-minute mark or 15-minute mark, start getting the cables, start putting things up. And we will do that so you can stay and you don't have to worry about it. You can just stay and build community. And I know a lot of us are like, Mike, I'm hungry. I want to get out of here so I can go get some food. Um, but we want to build community. We want to build relationships. Everything we do is intentional towards building those relationships. What do I want? I want people to meet Jesus, he's your friend. It's not about doing, it's about being. I want people to find freedom. I want people to find healing. I want people to discover their purpose. You want some low-hanging fruit? Talk to one of our ministry team leaders. We'll try to get you plugged into an area where you can serve. You're not signing up for a lifetime. You might just be saying, hey, I'll try this out for a week. Fantastic, Easter's coming up. We could use all the help in the world for Easter. Let that be your week, April 9th. Jesus said, I have chose you 
and I have appointed you to go. That's our, that's our word for the year. Go as a church. Go. I've told you to go and make disciples. This is action-oriented. I want you to go and produce fruit. Have you ever been at the, the traffic light stop where you want to make a left-hand turn in Los Alamos? You got McDonald's on your right, and you got Smith's, the gas station, on your left, and you just got all your McDonald's, or you got out of Smith's, and you're, you're in that at the red light trying to make the left-hand turn to go through town on, on, on Trinity Drive. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? You guys at Los Alamos geography? All right. And have you ever been there? You're kind of back in the line and you're kind of measuring up the cars. You're like, man, I'm kind of way back. But if everybody goes, I think I can make it, right? And so you're kind of, you're like, let's go. I got, I got business to do. I got to go here and I'm waiting on the traffic. And then you see that stupid car in front of you and you can see them doing this. They're at the red light. And you're like, oh, oh they shouldn't be texting and driving or they shouldn't be doing that. And then the, the thing goes green. And then everybody is going. And then I, you see that car. It's right in front of you. And they ain't going. They're still on their phone. Now, I'm a honker. All right. <laughs> all right. Rita will be like, don't honk. They might have a gun. Like, just. <laughs> this happened not too long ago. And I'm like, oh. And, I'm, and, and Rita's not in the car. I'm kind of hearing my inner Rita say, don't, don't honk. Don't, you know. So it's like, beep, beep. <laughs> you know, it's the, the nice one, right? Beep, beep. <sighs> Outwardly, I'm beep, beep. Inwardly, I'm like, let's go! I got things to do, places to go. My, my heart as a pastor this morning, Jesus says, I've appointed you. I've, I've called you. You're my friends. Like, what else do I got to tell you? Like, you're in. Go. And outwardly, I'm like, come on, let's go. God's doing something here. I don't want you to miss it. Like, even if you're new here and just checking things out, I'm like, he's doing something amazing. It's blowing my mind. Inwardly, I'm like, let's go. Don't you see? What are you waiting on? Like, really? You want to go another day? Not knowing this Jesus guy who says, I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you joy like you never found. Really? You want to go one more day held in bondage to that anger? You want to go one more day staying bitter? Like Andy Stanley, he said it in his sermons before. He's like, hey, if you're bitter at someone, you're angry, you don't want to forgive, can we just at least write it down on a calendar somewhere? Like, put it on a calendar and say, okay, I want to stop being bitter on this date. Maybe, to, why can't we just do it today? You could do that today and find healing. Really, you want to go one more day without finding community? You want to stay in that lonely state? Or are you want to go and put yourself out there and risk? You want to go one more day not knowing your purpose. You just want to live another day of your life 
Just doing whatever. Or you can find it today. I'm telling you, God is doing something great in Los Alamos through the church and not just Freedom Church. There's plenty of other amazing churches and other amazing Christians. This isn't about us. It is, God is doing something right now and I don't want you to miss the miracle. I'll wrap it up with this because I know I'm going long. Jesus says the harvest is great, but the workers are few. God works through people who work. He can do a miracle all on his own, but you see all the one another's and all the each other's and God works through people who work. The first miracle Jesus did was turn water into wine and they ran out of wine at the wedding and they told Mary, his mother, mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you, which that's what I'm just trying to tell you every week. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Can you just do that? Standing by were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the masters of ceremonies. So, say this with me, the servants followed his instructions. Who got to see Jesus at work? Who got to experience and witness the miracle? The people who put in the work. Jesus could have just have easily have done it without any people involved. He could have just done it, boom, no one involved. But he has chose those servants. He has chosen you and I to say, I'm going to do miracle after miracle after miracle, healing after healing after healing through my people, my friends who want to go to work with me. I have appointed you and called you to go and produce lasting fruit and a lot of it. And that's what I think God wants for you in our lives. God has something for you. Don't miss it. So what is your next step? What is the next step that God is calling you to do? I'm not asking you to go be a 10. I'm just saying, hey, if I'm at a five, What's it going to take for you to be a six? What, God, what is God calling you to do? Maybe it's to jump into, uh, to help plug in and, and jump into a connect group. Maybe it's to, to help and serve in another area. Maybe he's calling you to invite someone. Maybe he's just saying, hey, come back to church next week. That's the next step. Whatever he's calling you to do, that's what I want. And that's what we're going to celebrate and high five. So with that, can we stand and can we pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster. As well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.